the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now, your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. This ain't Arthur Idala. I dragged Arthur Idala out of the office last week after he argued that intense Harvey Weinstein case in front of the New York State Court of Appeals. This is David Schwartz. I had I had enough of him working around the clock, you know, reading briefs, you know, uh, all over the place. The minute he he uh, he ended that case, and we have the uh, the one and only Joan Pelzer with us, and um and but 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 the minute he ended that case. We had to drag him out of the office, and now I'm here. I stole his chair. I stole his mic, and we are going to have an incredible, incredible show. Uh, just to remind you, I, I do fill in for Arthur occasionally. I would like to do it more, but it, I get so busy and caught up with life. But I am a, an, a, a New York City, New York State lobbyist with Gotham Government Relations, the best lobbying firm in this country, and, and I'm also weekend in Albany. I did, I did, firm. and I'm also a partner in Idala Bertuna and Cammons. And might I add, an award-winning trial attorney at that? I am, I am. I've tried a lot of cases, and uh, so I'm almost like you know, I almost consider myself a jack of all trades. But um, but no, I I master of none. That's the next line. But but no, that's what I focus in on is lobbying, government relations, and I do uh, practice law still although I give most of it over to the great professionals at Idala, Bertina, and Cammons at this point. But uh, this past weekend, Joan, uh, we had the uh, I had the honor and privilege of attending with Corey Pegues, uh and, and another client of ours, the Black, Hispanic, uh, the Black, Hispanic, and Asian Caucus Weekend. It has a much longer name. Black, Hispanic, Puerto Rican, and Asian Caucus. Right, right, and right. And it's a fantastic group. David, it's, it looked phenomenal. First of all, everybody's there. Everybody from the governor, the mayor, the majority leader, Carl Hasty, Andrea Stewart-Cousins, every single person in New York politics is at this uh And the governor event. gave the keynote, right? Governor gave the keynote, and you have access, you know, so I'm spending time with all of these people, and, and obviously it's important for my brands to be at, at, at places like this, but what a wonderful event, the the parties and I, I mean it was I was up till three in the morning one one night at these events and it, it just amazing weekend and uh, it's it's meaningful it's fun and uh, we we get a lot of business done there too we get a lot of business done 
and it's it's important and it's important to network and and the, the connections that i made and you know the new appointments that's what life's all about everybody joan everybody's in this world now where they're looking at their they're staying home they're locking themselves in their basements they don't think going out i like to go out i, like I am old school yeah. i i have meetings i have meetings all day i would like to personally do the meeting sure is the technology great you do a zoom meeting it's great right but as a complementary uh function not the main function because there's nothing like being out there I, I, I still hand out business cards, and I will do it for the rest of my life. I will do it the old-fashioned way. That's how I get clients, and uh, it's it's a wonderful place. For that, though, and and this this caucus weekend, yep. You know, it was fun, but they really have a lovely mission of bringing people together and connecting people. And it's a nonprofit, I know. And yep. it's, it really, and they had a, a whole youth aspect and awarding, whole youth aspect. awarding um, grants and, yes. and um, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, scholarships. Scholarships, yep. that's the word. Yep. No, there's, there's to kids, to young people. A lot of that, and uh, thousands of people come to this event. And, and it's just, it's a, it's a pleasure to be there. You know, I'm a connector. I am you know, a those weekends are not easy because then you still do your day job during the week I, and on the weekend. So you're like twenty four seven for four days. Hundred percent. And, and look, it's all Democrats. Back. It's all it's all Democrats. But I hang out with Republicans, Democrats. I'm not bipartisan. In, I'm bipartisan. I'm not in either uh, political party. I really dislike both parties equally. I like people, <laughs> and the people that were at this caucus weekend were very special. It was it was special to be there. And tonight I'll be with a bunch of Republicans. You know, I go back and forth. I'm all about issues and people and getting things done. That's well, speaking, my entire life. Speaking of an yeah. issue, not to interrupt you, but speaking yeah. of an issue, you have quite a big issue yes. coming up this Friday. I really would love you to tell people yeah. so that you can get some of these listeners to go and attend this. Yeah. This is something that's right in my backyard, and it's really upsetting yeah. to me on a regular basis when I see kids going into these smoke shops. Right, right, right. Well, not all smoke. It's not all not smoke. All, I'm, I'm, pr I'm pro-smoke shop. I want you to know that yeah. I'm pro-smoke shop. I'm pro-legal smoke shops, licensed That's the key word. smoke shops, sm licensed places to buy, whether it's cigarettes, uh, e-cigarettes, all legal products. Uh, I am all for that uh, and legal licenses. What I when I'm not for is the scourge on society with 4,000 illegal shops opening up that sell illegal cannabis, and that's what this is about. But the problem for me is they're selling illegal cigarettes, illegal flavored cigars. They're selling illegal flavored vapor products. These are criminal enterprises. These are enterprises that are stealing billions of dollars from the city and state of New York every single year. Mm -hmm. These are criminal enterprises that are stealing billions of dollars from hard working bodega owners and 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 small convenience store owners, mm -hmm. you know, thousands of them that are being um uh uh ripped off to the tune of billions of dollars in yeah. products where they should be selling a certain amount. They're not selling it because you have these illegal stores that are not paying the taxes and are able to offer it at a lower price. You know, in the East Village, they uh, I think it was the New York Post posted a graph of it, um, the neighborhood. Yep. There was one legal cannabis shop surrounded by 30 illegal ones. 
It's it's ridiculous. So so you know this has been our big fight to try to shut these uh, stores down to bring back a legal marketplace. Uh, to the wholesalers are suffering, the distributors are yeah. suffering. Anyone in the legal marketplace is suffering. So we're having a smokeout at City Hall at twelve on uh, twelve p.m. on Friday. Okay, what date is Friday? The twenty third of February. Okay, yeah, the Friday. Two days away. Two days away. Friday, the twenty third of February, on the steps of City Hall. Anyone could come to show your support. And the and the assemblywoman uh, Jennifer Rajkumar and Senator Leroy Comrie are are sponsoring this legislation. And you're going to be speaking uh, to 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 shut down these stores, and I will be one of the speakers. I will be speaking on behalf of the New York Association of Wholesalers and Distributors. Fantastic! So I really look forward to it. It's going to be a a, a a great event, and I am going to be telling the story of the small business owner. I love and that. that's going to be my uh, angle at this rally and we need to get the word out we really need to get the word out john i do agree so, i do agree by the way we have two great guests coming up we have johnny daniels who is a warrior for the for israel he's a warrior for his beloved poland and 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 to tell the story of israel and to fight anti-semitism he has gone all over the world to collect artifacts from the Holocaust, to bring them to the museums and to bring them to their, you know, to cemeteries. He takes headstones and brings them to cemeteries. And, and what he does out of the goodness of his heart, he has a, a Torah project where he recovered a long lost Torah scroll and he's revived it and he's rewriting it with Holocaust survivors. He does, he speaks to college kids all over the country. So that's our first guest. And then we have Matthew Termand, who also is just an incredible advocate, uh, very well connected in, in, in Polish politics. He's he's a advocate for Israel also. And he has always gets himself into these crazy situations and um, uh, very political, very outspoken. And he's a gr- incredibly one of the smartest people I know in the world. So he's going to be our second guest today. So we have two incredible guests. In fact, when you told me I was going to host the show, I was sitting there and immediately these two guests came to my head because I think it'll give a much different angle to the author Idala Power Hour. So New York City, you stay tight. You stay with us. You and listen to this incredible show that we have coming up. All right, you have me, you have Joan Peltzer, you have Alex at the control room. So we're all set to go. Let's go, New York. Let's do this. The authorized hour, power hour. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend, Rob Sabah. The Sabah family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years serves all five boroughs. I've gotten cars there. My friends have gotten cars there. My whole family has gotten cars there because everyone goes to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. This month, they have special deals. President's Day weekend, they're offering $1 down deals. Drive a brand new Honda home for just $1 down or a $1 oil change. The 
choice is yours. The brand new Hondas, like the all new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, the Honda CRV, the Honda Accord, and the Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. Low finance rates are available with no payments until spring of 2024. 90 days with no payments. Bay Ridge Honda has the best prices around, top dollar for your trade in, serving the five boroughs of New York. New vehicles come with their Bay Ridge Plus package for all your service needs. So visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Charity-minded? Why not consider the charities and causes that you care about most and create a plan that fulfills your wishes after you are gone? This can be done in two ways. One is to establish your philanthropic plan so it serves your interests and protects your assets. The second is to think about how you can include your favorite organizations in your will and trust. Connors and Sullivan's attorneys can help you create a philanthropic plan, wills, and trusts that specifically benefit your favorite charities and causes. Nobody likes thinking about wills and trusts, but the fact is, everybody needs a will and possibly a trust. It's important that you determine who gets what. Schedule a free in-person initial consultation with one of Connors and Sullivan's attorneys. Offices are in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or visit please connorsandsullivan.com. Fastec Industries helps you with all your construction and demolition weekly waste removal needs. Roll off containers from 10 to 40 yards. Perfect for house, garage cleanouts or construction and demolition debris. Specializing in removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, asphalt throughout all five boroughs and every corner of New Jersey. Rear load trash containers from 1 to 10 yards. Compactors from 25 to 40 yards. Number one supplier of recycled product. Number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials from bluestone and sand to belgium block number one provider of roll-off containers take it from joe p call and ask for joe c at 718-494-1600 718-494-1600 mention this ad for 25 dollars off your next roll-off container rental go online to fastechindustries.com f-a-z-t-e-c-i-n-d.com fastech industries is now serving westchester county fastech industries is a defazio company Let's talk about Connors and Sullivan. We all know that planning for the future is important. Are you and your family protected? If you're not around to make the decisions, who will? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. Correct. On my birthday, on your birthday, the soon as possible, that's the way to go. You may need a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will, an estate plan. The goal of Connors & Sullivan Attorneys is always the protection of your rights and interests. They've been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. So visit them for a free, no-obligation consultation. Call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. And remember what Mike Connor says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to AM 970, The Answer, on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour here in New York City. And uh, the next guest that we have, and my name is David Schwartz again, and we have Joan Peltzer, and we have Alex at the control desk. But our next guest is someone who 
you know, when I think about what he does, I, I, I feel like I get so excited. I, I feel like putting my head, you know, through through a, a, a window or something. Like that. I, I, I just get so excited by your work, and I would like to introduce Johnny Daniels to our audience. Johnny Daniels has, um, you know, dedicated his life for the past 10 years to Israel, to the to victims of the Holocaust, and and doing things for them that are so unique. And uh, Johnny, I'm going to let you talk a lot about that. And of course, Johnny not only takes from one end of the spectrum, you know, people that are in their 90s who are Holocaust victims, but Johnny also works with students, Jewish students who are under attack in college campuses all over the world. So, Johnny, I am a huge fan. My wife Heather is a big fan. I, I, Joan is a big fan. And uh, welcome to the show, Johnny. Great to have you. Thank you so much for having me this evening. It really, really is such a great pleasure to be on your show. And so, um, so Johnny, tell tell our audience uh, where you're from. You know what what kind of accent is that? And and please tell us how you got involved uh, uh, in these these important issues that you're involved in. Absolutely. But well, again, just thank you so much. So the, the accent, uh, shockingly, it's not from Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> I was born and raised. Yeah, I don't know if you could tell, but I was born and raised in London, England. Um, and at the age of 18, I kind of left all my family behind, off on a plane, and I moved to Israel um, and never looked back. And so the last 20 years, Israel's been home. I served for three years in the IDF, in the Israeli army, then found myself involved in Israeli politics. And following that, as you mentioned before, over the last 10 years, I've been running my foundation from the depths which deals in Holocaust memory, memorial, Israel advocacy, and humanitarian work all around the world. So, so uh, you know, can, and can you tell us, can you tell our audience where, uh, what, what's the name of your foundation? No. So the, the foundation is From the Depths. Um, and again, I mean, it came kind of, From the Depths is, is actually from the book of Psalms. Um, it really talks about kind of the deep, darkest, the most difficult place and, from such a place, there's only one way to go, really, and that's up. And, you know, that's very much how I look at, you know, kind of what we've been through as a people, and especially when looking at the Holocaust. And unfortunately, it's also become very applicable um, to today uh, and the situation that we found ourselves in, obviously, on October 7th and subsequently as well as a Jewish community, not just in Israel, but around the world. Uh, these have been very difficult days and months and what we're trying to do is ensure that, that we learn from this time and figure out how we build from this and just make everything a little bit better than we possibly can. And and so, you know, when you moved to Israel, was there something in your life which which turned the switch on That's that where you said to yourself, you know what, I'm going to dedicate my life to the Holocaust, to teaching about the Holocaust, and to these victims of the Holocaust? What 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 was the moment in your life where you decided you were going to dedicate much of your life to that? Well, I mean, look, gr growing up in the diaspora, it, it, my entire upbringing was somehow surrounded by survivors, right? Going to high school and primary school, and there were always survivors around. Even, you know, it kind of felt like every important moment in my life, there was somehow a survivor 
sort of pushing me in the direction that I ended up taking. And it really was. It was about 11 years ago, actually, um, when Prime Minister Netanyahu gave a big speech in the United Nations. This was at the time when Ahmadinejad, the leader of Iran, stood and threatened to wipe the Jewish people off the face of the earth. And Netanyahu stood up and he said very clearly, he said, when a crazy man stands up and says he's going to wipe us out, we better listen. And I started to kind of look at that and understand and, and think about the fact that, you know, the majority of us, even Jews, hadn't visited the concentration camps. Our education and knowledge about the Holocaust was back into a, a kind of a broad degree. And that's really when I started to look into it and understand. And I actually came to New York City uh, and I sat down with Professor Eddie Wiesel of Blessed mm. Memory. And I said to him, you know, Professor, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be involved in Holocaust education. You know, but who am I? Right? I'm clearly not a survivor. I don't have letters before or after my name or 15 degrees in anything. You know, how dare I talk about such a subject? And he said, Johnny, you got it all wrong. He said, your generation isn't doing enough and you have to. He said, you're my witness. And if you don't stand, then everything that we've done has been in vain. And I think that's really what sort of spurred me to get involved and start working in this field to the degree that I have uh, up until this point. And it, at least in my eyes, what makes you different in this area is your ability to be innovative, you're proficient at social media. And, and, and one story that really struck me was, um, you know, one of the Holocaust survivors that you developed relationship with, when the Holocaust survivor uh, turned 100, you had a Ferrari pick him up and you threw him a 100 a 100 year birthday party and watching the pictures of this you know elderly gentleman who's lived an incredible life and and my understanding is that gentleman saved uh 54 people or 50 something people during the holocaust you you had a ferrari pick him up and i and, and then you did a whole pr thing around that could you could you talk about that a little bit yeah well he he, he was the most remarkable man uh, he, he actually, his name was Josef Voraszczak, and he, he wasn't a survivor, but he was one of the righteous amongst the nations. So he was uh, one of the incredible non-Jewish people who risked their lives to save Jews during the Second World War. Now, this, this is something that's often overlooked, um, but it's, for me, an incredibly important point to talk about, is the fact that you had 27,000-plus non-Jewish people who risked their lives to save their Jewish brothers and sisters, their neighbors during the war. And Yusuf was one such person. Uh, and he had the most incredible story. It was like a James Bond kind of character, where the Germans had basically taken a group of Jewish people, 54 people. Uh, he knew some of them, and he, he went and pleaded for them. And the Germans laughed at him and said, okay, come back with a kilo of gold in a few hours, and we'll give you the Jews back. And he went and did whatever it took, got into any stalls he needed to get into, managed to get everything that he could, and came back a few hours later with a few kilos of gold, enough to secure the release of these Jews, and ended up hiding them and aiding them all the way through the end of the war. As a result of his action, thousands, thousands of people are alive today. Wow. And, you know, these people definitely deserve to be celebrated, and celebrated in a way that's maybe a little bit different. You know, Yusuf, we, we provide a free car service for the Righteous Amongst Nations in Eastern Europe. And one of our drivers had told me that he'd always stop and ask to look at the fast cars that were going past. So knowing that he liked it, I reached out to Ferrari and I said, do me a favor. I said, I need you to pick up a 100-year-old. 
and managed to convince them to get on board and they agreed and this is how we started a rather large surprise party for our 100 year old hero yeah and and that's the other thing that struck me is your work with the righteous ones during the holocaust and in fact it surprised me that that would somehow be controversial you know that the polit that people in the polish government and even even certain rabbis have criticized you for for you know, for standing up for the righteous people during World War II and during the Holocaust, and somehow that became a controversial issue. In the in the next minute and a half that we have in this segment, can you just comment on that? Well, look, I, I think unfortunately somehow everything to be seems to be controversial today. It doesn't really matter what you do or how you do it. You're always going to upset someone and someone else and all of this and all of that. You know, I think maybe perhaps the only thing that was a little bit controversial is the fact that we, you know, that, that I'm a young guy, I'm 38 years old, right? And so the fact that I stepped up and did something that maybe everybody else should have done before me and didn't do um, made it a tad controversial, but I definitely don't view it as that. Uh, I know that the vast majority of people don't view it as that either. And you know, there's always going to be a few people that are going to look and say something, but you know, that's just not my way. I put my head down, bulldoze through them, and carry on doing what I believe is the right thing. And I sleep very happily at night with a full heart and a good I, conscience. So I, I, all good here. As well you should, uh, because it defies anyone who would criticize you for this type of work, uh, you know, lacks logic and common sense. So we're going to take a short break, Johnny, and we're going to get you back on in the next segment. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I am David Schwartz filling in for Arthur Idala today, and uh, we'll be hearing more from the fascinating Johnny Daniels in the next segment. Wellness Wednesday with your favorite Fox News medical all-stars and other experts on how to keep you well. That's tonight at 7 on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Fastec Industries helps with all of your construction, demolition, and your weekly waste removal needs. They have roll-off containers from 10 to 40 yards, perfect for house, attic, and garage cleanouts, or construction and demolition debris. Fastec specializes in the removal and recycling of dirt, rock, concrete, brick, and asphalt in all five boroughs, every corner of New Jersey, and now serving Westchester County. Fastec is the number one supplier of recycled products, the number one wholesaler of virgin quarry materials, and the number one provider of roll-off containers. Call Fastec today. Ask for Joe C. at 718-494-1600. That's 718-494-1600. Mention this ad for $25 off your next roll-off container rental. Go online to F-A-Z-T-E-C-I-N-D.com for more information. Fastec Industries is now serving Westchester County. Fastec Industries is a DeFazio company. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible, right? The way all the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're healthy, we think we don't need a power of attorney or a health care proxy. We think we can worry about that when we're older or become sick. Nothing can be further than the truth. The fact is, 
If something happens, God forbid, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or a health care proxy. What happens then? The state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you really want? It's essential to create a power of attorney and health care proxy as soon as you can while you are healthy. Call Connors and Solomon, attorneys at law. They know what they're doing. They've been doing it for 40 years. They'll help you make a plan that protects you best. You will designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, please call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. We are back with the Arthur Idala Power Hour here in New York City. Uh, we are interviewing a fascinating guest, Johnny Daniels. My name is David Schwartz, along with Joan Peltzer. And, uh, Johnny, uh, I, I want to move towards some of your current work, but before we do that, I want to quote you on something and, and to give us, you know, a fuller understanding of, of this, because this really hit me in the heart. You once said, I struggle with the understanding of the will of God. You know, when I talk with survivors, uh, that God would let us suffer in such a way. Can you elaborate on that? That's a tricky one. Uh, it, it's a tricky one because truly it's, it, it, it's something that I struggle with. You know, I'm, I, I do believe in God and, and I, I believe in, in the greater good of God and, and such, but I sometimes struggle. I sometimes struggle when I'm sitting with survivors today. In Montreal, where I am at the moment, I met with a survivor who, who could barely speak. He lost every single one of his family. And he sat there and, you know, through tears, was able to say just a few words. And you do sometimes wonder and struggle with that depth and the depth of the understanding of how something so evil could quite happen. Um, and I, I think that kind of plays a part in a lot of our lives. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a struggle that all of us face. Yeah, and 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 also, you know, as part of your your the work you do on the Holocaust, you recovered a a, a Torah scroll, and I, I and we have to let our listeners know about this and how you 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 are rewriting that Torah scroll with the pen of Holocaust survivors. Can you talk about that project? Absolutely. Well, well, very very briefly, 
time, but I'll try and make the story as quick as possible. It was about eight years ago now, we, we had students who volunteered with us from the University of Warsaw, and we sent them to different geographical areas um, where there were large Jewish populations before the war, and unfortunately, no one survived. So often in the north of Poland, Jews would have been sent to camps, extermination camps, like Treblinka, but also one million Jews were eliminated, massacred, um, and entire communities were just wiped off the face of the earth. So we send these students to those kind of areas looking to uncover and rediscover hidden Jewish heritage and history. And in one such village, a small town in northern Poland called Filipov, the students, whilst going from house to house, sort of stumbled on the, I'd say, home. It was more like a shack of a Polish shepherd. And the shepherd, after much coaxing and conversation, eventually opened up and told them that his neighbor, who was the rabbi before the war, had entrusted with his father a Torah school uh, from the synagogue as the Jews were being taken away. And this Torah school had sat there uh, under their sofa for over 75 years. The family falling on hard times had actually used and cut up part of this Torah scroll. Not out of malice, but didn't necessarily understand what else to do. And so we rediscovered this Torah scroll 75 years later. And according to Jewish tradition, that a desecrated or no longer usable Torah that buried in the Jewish cemetery. However, what we decided to do was to bring this Torah back to life and we brought it back to life, and I'll bring it back to life in the words that are all being rewritten one by one uh, by Holocaust survivors all around the world. We've been everywhere from Mexico City to New York City, soon hopefully to Guatemala, where there's one Holocaust survivor left. How do you get the Torah scroll from one place to the next? Well, it usually involves fighting with airlines <laughs> um, and explaining to them that I don't want to check it. Um, and it travels with me. Uh, yeah. I go everywhere with this Torah. It has a special bag, multiple bags, that it goes one and another and then another. And it's a big responsibility, but a responsibility that I feel very passionately about undertaking and making sure that this happens. And, you know, the most beautiful thing is this Torah really is the last survivor from this village. It's oh. this connection to this past. And the fact that it's being rewritten by survivors and please God one day will again be used in bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs yes. and celebrations. This is the continuation of the Jewish people. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. From one generation to the next. All right, before we get to the students, tell us quickly about the Holocaust Survivor Band. The Holocaust Survivor Band are an incredible group of people, uh, started by Saul Dreyer, a remarkable 99-year-old Holocaust survivor who lives in Florida. And a few years ago, I actually seen a piece in the New York Times about these incredible survivors who started to play, and they had one dream, and that dream was to come back and do a concert in Poland. So I saw that and reached out and said I had to help. Uh, and thankfully, we were able to do so. And we stepped up and we put on a ginormous concert for them in the center of Warsaw. It was pre-COVID. Uh, we had Poland's most famous rock star, Munich Staszczyk, join them on stage. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people attended and sort of gave this incredible concert and brought back this life and this connection that they never imagined that they'd ever have. And it was something I was very proud to be part of. And they're still playing, and I know they even have a concert in Florida this evening. Very active, and wow. the most active 99-year-old you're ever going to meet. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Well, you know, we're all scratching our heads right now on what's going on in college campuses. Can you explain what you are doing about the horror, the anti-Semitism that is now going around like a scourge on society on our college campuses? Yeah, I mean, this has been one of the most difficult things to see, I think. It's been since October 7th, has really been this kind of surge in, in just absolute Jew hatred. And the, the front end of this battle, especially in the diaspora, tends to be the students. 
sort of young Jewish men and women who find themselves, you know, having to put their studies to the side and step up and fight for their right to be proud Jews. And, and this is something that's very difficult to see. And what we're trying to do the best way we can is to help infuse them with Jewish pride and education and knowledge, however possible, and, and encouragement. I think this is it more than anything, that these kids often just need to know that, that we have their back and that we're going to stand beside them and next to them and in front of them if need be to make sure that they don't feel overwhelmed, that they don't feel like they're standing alone. And, and you know, this is a big part of the battle, and it's also an education. You know, it's not easy. I've been doing this for a very long time. Israel advocacy has been part of my life for the last 20 years, even more. So I understand what I'm talking about. Uh, but again, that's been a long education. And your average college student doesn't have that education. So we have to impart some of that wisdom that we get over the years into these students to enable them to have this strength and be able to stand up and fight back verbally uh, when necessary in other ways, also when necessary too. But to definitely stand tall and stroud, proud as, as, as Jews. Johnny, what the heck happened to us, though? You know, when I went to college, anti-Semitism on campus, and I went to school in the South. You know, I'm a Tulane grad. I, 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 it wasn't even a thought. It wasn't even a thought of this, this, this hatred just because you're Jewish. And when, when I grew up in Brooklyn and we were all together, I mean, we were a really diverse area, blacks, Hispanic, Jews, Italians, Irish. It didn't matter what you were. So, you know, we only have a minute and 40 seconds left, but if you could just tell me how we got here in, the, in your mind. Well, look, I, I think unfortunately the way we got here was just by virtue of the fact that people really felt as, as if for some reason, and it's really basically quite simple that Jews don't count, that, that, you know, Jewish hatred is somehow different to any other kind of hatred. This kind of hate wouldn't be accepted against any other race or nation or people or minority at all. Uh, it might just switch the word Jew for anything else that you can begin to imagine that everybody would be, you know, with their hands in the air in uproar. You know, this, unfortunately, and I think this is also the part where having the experience that I do with Holocaust survivors and with a broad understanding of Jewish history, you know, whilst this may not have been your situation 30 years ago, this is nothing new for the Jewish people. We are uh, ancient people, and we're a people, we're a nation of survivors, whether we're Jews who came from Eastern Europe or from Morocco or Algeria or anywhere else. We're a nation who have always survived and will continue to survive. And we have to be tall and proud and strong during these times, however difficult they may be. But this isn't anything new for the Jewish people. We've been through worse, and we're going to get through this, and we're going to come out stronger, and absolutely everything is going to be okay in the end. Absolutely. And just know that, uh, you know, first of all, I am such a fan of yours, but you have so many fans out there. You have so many fans that you don't even know about, and the work that you do is just overwhelmingly incredible and and if our audience wants to learn more about johnny daniels i know you're all over instagram where where could our audience find you well definitely on instagram under the name johnny daniels that's the proper spelling the british spelling of j-o-n-n-y daniels uh, or they can find us on our website at from the depths.org yeah i mean you just all you got to do is do a google search of johnny daniels and he'll pop up everywhere but 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 johnny uh you know thank god all i could say is Thank God we have you. Thank God God put you on this earth for a reason, and you are leading um, in so many ways, and I'm just so happy 
that you know we got a chance to speak today and i'm just so proud of the work that you do so thank god and uh and i hope we could get you back on again uh real soon so thank you so much for coming on the show my greatest pleasure thank you thank you so much for having me and uh this is the author idala power hour i'm david schwartz and we will be uh going into our next segment in just a second thank you Is your husband or wife in a hospital or a rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day. That's right, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay for the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors & Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys really know their stuff. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news. Call Connors & Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer, 718-238-6500. Offices are in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. The time to act is now. Don't wait. Call Connors & Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You'll be glad you did. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend, Rob Sabah. The Sabah family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years serves all five boroughs. I've gotten cars there. My friends have gotten cars there. My whole family has gotten cars there because everyone goes to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family and their team are the best and most trusted in the business. This month, they have special deals. President's Day weekend, they're offering $1 down deals. Drive a brand new Honda home for just $1 down or a $1 oil change. The choice is yours. The brand new Hondas like the all new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, the Honda CRV, the Honda Accord and the Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. Low finance rates are available with no payments until spring of 2024. 90 days with no payments. Bay Ridge Honda has the best prices around. Top dollar for your trade-in. Serving the five boroughs of New York. New vehicles come with their Bay Ridge Plus package for all your service needs. So visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com this is your hometown. This is your hometown. It's the last segment of the Arthur Idala Power Hour, and we are live here in New York City. My name is David Schwartz, and I have Joan Peltzer with me. And uh, Joan wanted me to do all the all the birthdays and all the stuff, but I have a great guest, so I'm going to skip that. But Kelsey Grammer is 68 years old today. So, but it, with that being said, I'm walking around Poland, right? And, 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 and I, and I see this street. It says Leopold Termand Avenue or street. And I'm like, wow, this Leopold guy must have been something else. But, um, I have a guest right now. I want to introduce Matthew Termand, who's just an incredible, he's probably, probably one of the, maybe the top three smartest people I know. I mean, the guy is so brilliant. He's so controversial. We could spend three hours with him, but it's a shame we only have the last segment. He's a political strategist, activist, consultant. He's been in the financial world. He's a journalist. Uh, he's got dual uh, Polish uh, United States citizenship. And, Matthew, it is just such a pleasure to have you on the show. Real quick, though, who is this Leopold guy? 
Well, first, what what a what an intro, David. I uh, I didn't realize that uh, brilliance and controversy go hand in hand. Yeah, the way you does. made it sound with uh, you, it does. Uh, yeah, with me, it does. I guess I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, well, I uh, I was with you in Poland, <laughs> so you didn't happen to just randomly uh, hit that street. <laughs> it was vehicle. better for the story, though, Matt. Come on, I, it, it is. But hey, as uh, I'm radical transparency is how I roll. Uh, yeah, my father was a, uh, a rather famous uh, 20th century anti-communist dissident and writer. And there's a street, he's from Warsaw, and they named a street where he lived for many years and wrote one of his most famous books uh, after him. Uh, and now there's been a movement in Poland to name many streets after him around the country, which is super cool. I've been Incredible. to some of the unveilings for that. Uh, and he was a rather controversial figure in his day and uh, survived the Holocaust despite most of his family uh, perishing. In fact, we just did a movie that I co-produced uh, in Europe, uh, which is on Netflix. So your uh, your your listeners could uh, could access on Netflix called Philip, F-I-L-I-P, which is his most autobiographical novel about his experience during the war as a Jew hiding out and pretending to be a Polish Frenchman uh, and working as a waiter, as a foreign guest worker waiter in Frankfurt, which was the capital of the Reich at the time and was there for two years. And the movie is phenomenal. It's won awards all over Europe at film festivals. And uh, as a result, Netflix wanted it. So I'm thrilled it's on Netflix and available to every international audience. Uh, so I highly recommend people to uh, to take a look at that and, and, and enjoy the film. It's really quite superlative. And he was an advisor to Nixon and Reagan, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he uh, he was close to uh, both of them and advised them, explained to them what communism really was behind the Iron Curtain, because he came to the U.S. in 1966, uh, was able to sort of escape and claim asylum. It was uh, Pope John Paul II, then Carol Vartiwa, the Archbishop of Krakow, later, 15 years later, was made pope, uh, who my father was close friends with. He wrote for the Catholic Press. Uh, which was sort of the last dissident press before they shut it down. And so they were close, and it was, he was able to help get wow. him access to an exit visa when he was invited on a lecture tour by the State Department. The second he landed at JFK, he called the State Department and said he wanted asylum. Never went well, back to Poland, and fighting communism from here, from the U.S. Matt, we have to do an entire show just on your dad. But the I must say the yeah. apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. So now getting to you, Matt, and all the work that you have done, and, and we really have to get you back because we could spend five hours with you. Tell me, tell us about your undercover work in Ramallah. Well, recently, uh, you know, I spent all of January in Israel and went on a sort of a solidarity trip as well as as a journalist, a fact-finding trip, and did some work with uh, the, the the platform, the web and social media platform and news aggregator Visegrad 24, who I've been working with since their uh, since their inception. They launched in, in Warsaw. A couple friends of mine, two brothers, uh, founded it uh, just as a lark, as a hobby to, you know, create an English-language uh, right-of-center, sovereignty-focused uh, news aggregation and platform and did great stories like breaking the Finnish prime minister's uh, undercover videos of her uh, shenanigans that ended up getting her booted out of office and uh, just done great work. And so I met with them uh, in Israel after I was doing a, a, a trip the first week uh, in January, and we ended up going to Ramallah, where we have tons of footage, and we will be producing it uh, into sort of a short-form documentary. But the, the, the main takeaway was that Ramallah is the largest money laundering factory in, uh, in the world by far. I mean, we, we can talk about Ukraine also being a money, money laundering factory uh, doesn't you know, uh, justify their being invaded uh, by their hostile neighbors to the east. Uh, but the the Ramallah uh, 
city itself as the capital of the Palestinian Authority. I mean, I'm going to work on an article uh, in coming weeks. Uh, Ramallah, Maserati's not rickshaws. I mean, Range Rovers, Mercedes, BMWs, uh, modern skyscrapers with new materials uh, for the Palestinian, you know, investment bank or investment authority, development bank. Uh, you know, Yasser oh. Arafat's tomb is beautifully preserved. I mean, this even the center of the city, gold chains hanging from windows, huge amount of gold jewelry stores. So when you think West Bank and they talk about open air prisons like in Gaza and apartheid and genocide and all these buzzwords that the, uh, the, the radical left likes to throw around. I went to the refugee camps and the refugee camps are, you know, better structure, fixed structures like than favelas in Brazil and probably a higher rate of indoor plumbing than Russia has. And, you know, most of Russia doesn't have much indoor plumbing if you get out of Moscow and St. Petersburg and Sochi. Uh, so Ramallah is kind of uh, a little bit of a fraud being perpetrated on the uh, on yeah. the West with media enablement, uh, the U.N. schools, the UNRWA facilities. I mean, it is I have lots of pictures that I'm posting to social media. Uh, it is pretty over the top, the amount of wealth that's there. The villas, I mean, just incredibly beautiful, large homes, many of them owned by American Palestinians and are vacant in the hills overlooking the center of the city where it is more sort of dense. Uh, but it is not what, you know, you think of when uh, the activism of the left in the West, whether it's in the Europe or the U.S., describes it. It is certainly not that. So uh, I, you know, I, I'll be putting up more pictures and stuff online and writing and talking more about this because I think it's important that the world knows. We're certainly not going to be hearing about this on on Anderson Cooper tonight. That uh, That's for damn sure. Yeah. Where do we find you, Matt? I mean, this is incredible. This is like a breaking news story. I mean, nobody nobody's talking about this. Where can we find well, you? I do a lot on social media. Obviously, I've got pretty uh, good following. Elon freed the birds, so the years of throttlement has ceased, and so I'm able to sort of penetrate uh, with some of the independent stuff I do. Uh, so it's just in my name, Matthew Chairman, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D, uh, Twitter uh, slash X now, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Visegrad. We've been posting tons of interviews and discussions and podcasts with, you know, like the Deputy Mayor of Jerusalem, the former Israeli ambassador to the U.S., Ari Lightstone, who did the, designed the Abraham Accords for, uh, for Ambassador Friedman and Jared Kushner. I mean, great, great figures talking about interesting things that the mainstream is not reporting uh so i encourage people to go yeah. and, and listen to you I, and share i almost consider this interview a teaser because joan just looked at me and she looked at me she made the signal whole show yeah, i mean I'm this serious. is like so we're going to call this a teaser and we're going to have to get you back on this show and i've been to your father's named street in varshava and oh my gosh, I, I want to talk to you for hours. I mean, it's just this is amazing. He's incredible. So uh, you're a Jewish guy going into Ramallah and taking pictures and trying to uh, show the world what's really happening there. Were you uh, a bit concerned for your own safety? You know, it's it, it was pretty placid. People were kind of pleasant, nice. Not a lot of people wanted to go on record, and they said the second we bring up the cameras and say, "Well, you tell us what you told us on camera." So we can share with the world your views, your positioning on you know everything with Israel, your you know the West Bank, the Palestinian Authority, and that when we very few people were willing to go on record because they were scared less from internals but more from well if we go on and then the you know the they call the IDF the IOS the Israeli Occupying Force if they see us online they'll you know restrict us from you know going across to work in Jerusalem which is how we make money so there was some reticence uh, certainly there was. 
uh, a feel, a, a moderately edgy feel, just knowing the fact pattern that here we are, Westerners. Uh, I, you know, I was the only American. I was with uh, a couple Poles and a Ukrainian, uh, you know, as our film crew. And I have obviously an American passport. I'm Jewish, but I was, you know, going in on a Polish passport. It was the only passport I had on me. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where everything was fine, but you know that it's fine until it doesn't. It's not. But at the same time, I ran into somebody who owned a jewelry store who was from uh, uh, from Staten Island, and we were talking. His family owns pizza joints, and he was saying, you know, as a Palestinian, what it's like to be, uh, you know, going between New York and uh, and the West Bank. Uh, another person uh, at a barber shop, uh, my my friend Stefan, who founded Visegrad, got a haircut. And we were talking to the guys. One guy was from a, a Chicago suburb, and we were talking about Chicago. So it was friendly, though. I wasn't going to advertise. None of us were going to advertise our our honest positions and get into an argument. Uh, with our hosts, we had a guide. Our guide was somebody who uh, had served prison time when he was 17 for throwing rocks at Israeli soldiers. So the, some of the people were making their views, which were pretty noxious, uh, very, very apparent. Uh, but we certainly didn't want to, uh, you know, rustle them up and push back too hard just because we were in their territory and things could turn ugly pretty quickly. We certainly did not want to be disappeared from uh, from Mala and not make it back to Jerusalem. Well, so we were just well, trying to be... Uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, unobtrusive journalists. How was the food in Ramallah? It was actually quite good. Uh, you know, befitting a place with the amount of wealth that it has, uh, the shawarma was delicious. The kanapa, which is, you know, you see it in both the uh, the Palestinian areas as well as the uh, the Israeli areas. It's sort of a cheese, pastry, honey, pistachio dessert. Delicious. Really good. Had it at a very nice coffee shop. One of the most famous landmarks in Ramallah is uh, every, a lot of people will know because it's almost like a joke. It's such a farce. It's called Stars and Bucks. Uh, it's the uh, coffee shop in the center square. There are two main squares. One is called Martyr Square, of course, and another is essentially colloquial Arafat Square. And so in the center of the square on the second floor overlooking it, you have a Starbucks knockoff called Stars and Bucks. And they originally tried to call it Starbucks. 15 or 20 years ago, but Starbucks came in and raised a fight, and so they just kind of knocked off the logo and changed the name. And it's really not just a coffee shop, it's a shisha bar, and so where you can smoke. And we uh, we sat there in Stars and Bucks, which is sort of a, a famous landmark for Ramallah that everyone in Israel knows because it just kind of it says it all. And there's a lot of knockoff branding, Adidas and Western brands, but at the same time, there are licenses given by Western companies. There was a Pop- Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen was in Ramallah. Uh, there was a Pizza Hut and a uh, a Taco Bell, wow. Young Brands, which wow. is a national company was there. And then there was a mall that just opened in the center of town that was gleaming with marble this, floors. Nice, a lot nicer than King's Plaza, I'll tell you that much. A lot nicer this than is, anything in Israel. This so. is breaking news, Matt. Uh, we have to get you back because you are an incredible person and you are a brilliant man. And I'm proud to call you friend. I really am. And the work that you do exactly. is just nonstop. You are nonstop. And uh, you're, you're a great human being, so thank you for coming on. And this is the Author Idola Power Hour. We'll get both of these incredible guests back in the future. Not enough time. But New York City, hopefully you got a, a, different, a different angle on, on the world today. And we're out here to educate you. And Author Idola will be back next week. So thank you for allowing me to fill in. My name is David Schwartz. God bless and have a great day.
The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.